Hello, and welcome to They Just Get It. I'm your host, Tyler Chisholm. I'm sitting here on this brisk, very brisk Calgary morning with Mr. Sean Freeman. Hey, Sean, how are you doing? Good, Tyler. How are you doing? I'm really good. Thanks for joining me today. We both came in bundled up, and uh, you know, yep. this will be aired a little bit closer to spring, but this was that minus 30 week that everyone everyone wishes they go, you know that, you know, I said next year I'm going to do it differently. This is the year I should be living somewhere yeah, else. go to Mexico. Yeah. So you're the CEO and founder of TWT Group. Yes. Here in Calgary. Tell us a little bit about TWT and we'll get into your story. Yeah. So I started TWT about eight years ago. Um, uh, we are managed IT services. So we're basically other companies, IT departments. We do everything for them. Um, from the basic support, you know, my printer doesn't work or getting this error message all the way up to the preventative uh, strategy, um, proactive maintenance to keep things safe and secure. Okay, so do you? So I'm a, I'm a small. I'm a 30 person company, two offices. Do you? Do we have like a rep? Do you put somebody on? I know some of my, I've, I have buddies that have been in this business, and they would yep. put people on site, have three, four person teams. Do you guys do it that way, or is it all done remotely? The model's sort of moving away from that. It's moving yes. towards more of a because most things can be fixed remotely. Okay, so we'll do that first. Um, but it's if it's on demand on site. Like if you need someone on site, we're there in under an hour. Okay. Right. So we just we come if we need to. So that's obviously cost savings wise, having somebody sitting in my office waiting for something to quote unquote go wrong, yeah. obviously significantly more costly. Yeah, and also just the learning and camaraderie they get being around other techs, right? Right. You know, if they're sitting here with uh, you know a bunch of marketing people, they're not going to keep learning or of course or be able to ask somebody a question. Oh, how do I do this? And you know, okay. so it's it's really about the culture as well. Do you have all your are, so based on that? Do you have teams that work remotely, or are they all do they all come on site? Um, we're all fully based in Calgary, okay. so we don't have a remote team, but, okay. um, but yeah, people come to the office. We're a very flexible work environment. So like today, I'm sure half of them are at home. Yes. Um, and very, and very thankful warm. for that ability to be at home today. For sure. Um, you know, I treat them like adults and they, they be where they need to be, um, to get their job done. How many so, people, how big is your team? Uh, we're 18 right now. Nice. So, and how's that? Has it been pretty steady growth for you? You said over eight years. Is it con and spits and spurs or waves? Or how has that growth yeah, been for you it's guys? It's been pretty steady. Um, we're, I'm actually expecting to hire about two or three people in the next few months. So Excellent. Uh, you kind of get into that groove and we've got some momentum going and just uh, figured out what we're awesome at and we're just focusing on that. So it's been uh, really good, the results. Um, and yeah, we just you get to that point where you need to grow the team to support the growth and yes. and then also provide, you know, balance for everybody, right? Cause yeah, you start looking at who's working and the days start creeping out, getting longer and sure we're yeah. getting the work done, but that's not sustainable. Yeah, no, we don't want to burn people out or, or cause them too much anxiety. And, you know, that happens when you're lean and mean and, yes, it you does. know, you just, and, and going through, you know, uncertain times, right? So. Yes, hiring is strategic, and as a service-based business, which I relate to, you don't have the people to do the work; it's a problem. You have too many people, not enough work. That is another kind of that's another kind of that's another kind of problem. Yeah. So, in terms of Calgary, obviously, the last few years we're all living here, and we know that that it's been challenging. As a smaller company, has that provided? Has that been a challenge for you, or more of an opportunity based on being small and, like you said, agile? Yeah, it's. I think it's been overall an opportunity. Um, I mean, looking back, you're always sort of worried. Um, but I also looking back, you're like, well, that probably helped motivate me to, you know, make sure the, the T's are crossed and the I's are dotted. Right. So make sure you have everything in place, doing the best you can, um, trying new things, innovating, um, you know, really challenging, you know, Hey, if we're doing it this way, can't we do it that way? And it saves us a whole bunch of time. Um, and then really just rallying the troops and getting the team on board and, you know, making sure they feel safe too. Right. Cause 
if you're always, you know, focused on the negative and the team doesn't feel safe, well, they're going to operate as such, right? Well, back to that, just that hierarchy of, you know, how much I'm not going to get that, 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 that moment of clarity or that time to sit and think if I'm constantly in a place of fear. Yeah, for sure. And it's an easy thing to be in when you have one announcement after another of companies laying off and things like that. It's been a scary environment over the last bunch of years. Yeah, no, it has. And, and I mean, you know, it affects everybody, even though like if it's, it's one of our biggest industries in Alberta still, and okay. it affects all the other types of companies, Yes, no matter who I you know are. there's a lot of work going towards transformation, yeah. But, and it takes time. It's still absolutely, you know, I was talking to uh, uh, Dan Jurescu the other day and he said something that really hit me. He goes, he goes, Tyler, we're only, we're not even two years into this transformation. I said, what do you mean? It's been the downturn. He goes, yeah, but the first three years we just held our breath <laughs> waiting for it to come back. So he goes, you really want to talk about change and companies going, all right, I guess we need to do something different. He said, you know, it was a couple months ago now, but he said it was about 20, 22 months. It was just an interesting perspective for me to go, well, if you look at it that way, it's only two years yep. where you're like, oh my God, it's been five or six years. Like we should be so much farther. We should, <laughs> there's the shoulds. <laughs> we should be so much farther ahead, but it's easy to say that it's a hard to, it's a big ship to move. Mm-hmm. For sure it is. Yeah. And, and then also just, you know, prove ourselves and attract investment back. Right. Cause if we're, if we're going to be like, Hey, we're going to focus on technology or, um, you know, be the leader in this industry now, um, you know, you got to prove yourself and prove that you got the people here and you can deliver yes. as a province and then the money will come back. Right. So, but you're right. It's that the proof of concept, we're almost in the proof of concept phase for sure. You mentioned recruiting, just curious before we get a little bit more into your backstory and the, the evolution of a business owner. Um, what's hiring like for you as, is there a talent pool here? Do you have challenges in, in recruiting the kind of individuals you need with the skill sets? Um, luckily, you know, the downturn creates uh, opportunity that way as well. Um, we haven't really had uh, tr- a trouble like hiring people, okay. finding good people. Um, generally, our team knows a whole bunch of other people. If they're looking for opportunities and the time is right, we we generally go that way because they already know them. You know, they they know they're good. They'll vouch for them if they are good. Um, and it's you know, Calgary's a small town, right? So it is. It is the biggest small town I've ever lived in. I love. Yeah. And I love that about it. Mm. So that that's really kind of been our strategy. Um, and. Because we're we're more than what you see. Like we're an IT company. There's a lot more behind the scenes that makes it a really great place to work. Mm-hmm. That you can't, you know, as as much marketing material as you put out, it's hard to kind of um, to get that message across. Like, hey, you know, this really is a great place. Like everybody says that, but then <clears throat> if you have a friend on the inside that's like, no, for real, it is. Um, and then you can trust that more and it's not just like, oh, they're just telling me that grass is always greener. I'm not going to take my chances. Right. I heard that years ago. It's like your culture is not what you say it is. It's what someone answers about you in a backyard barbecue on a Saturday afternoon. For sure. Oh, you work at WT. What's it like to work there? Whatever gets said next, that's the culture that you have. And it always stuck with yep. me because you can, you're never going to be there to make it what it is. So you better do a heck of a good job as a leader to influence it when they are, when they're hanging out with you. <laughs> For sure, yeah. That's uh, I, that, that always that always stuck with me. I'm like, oh, that's yeah, okay. That's a, there's a big responsibility there. So talk to me a little bit about yourself. So you're running your business eight years. Um, was that always? I want to be an entrepreneur. I want to run my own business. Well, talk a little bit about your journey. Where did where did you get started? Yeah, so I got started. Um, you know, I started the company pretty early. Uh, I was about 26. Nice. Um, and kind of rewinding from that, basically, I went to university. Um, I was working a summer job, and then I decided, hey, I'm going to go to Australia, do a semester there. Uh, so I did that. Came back. Uh, my summer job, which happened to be oil and gas services, wasn't hiring, uh, so I couldn't go back. 
Um, but their closest competitor uh, had some friends that had gone over, uh, and I they were hiring, so I went there. Um, so you kind of take the opportunities as you can when you're, uh, you know, a starving yeah, student, absolutely. right? Absolutely. So took that opportunity, which ended up being a great one. Um, I ended up staying there for about four and a half years. Um, I believe I was employee like 110. Okay. When I left, it, they were 1,600 people. Oh, wow. Yeah. So like massive growth. Uh, this is kind Over of four years. That's, that's yeah. impressive to see that from, to be along that ride and see that from the inside. Yeah. And this is sort of like right before, um, they started in 2007, I believe. Okay. So I started shortly after that and kind of grew and then sort of that big downturn, downturn hit. They, they didn't, uh, they weren't really affected by it actually. They grew more. Um, and then kind of the, the 1600 point, you know, IT departments, 50 people. Uh, I've been there since the beginning. Um, you I went mean, right into IT at that? Yeah. Okay. Went into IT. Um, you know, I kind of, I'm a young guy, so I'm, you know, eager trying to find my way up the ladder. Um, you know, got into the, the bureaucracy of, you know, people kept getting hired above me. Um, you know, wh- wh- where am I going is kind of what my question was. So, um, I actually ended up trying to quit a few times. <laughs> I like that trying to quit a few yeah. times. Um, and you know, the question was, you know, what do you need? And you know, we'll, we'll pay you more if that's it. And, um, you know, it was, it was a mix of that, but it was also like just the purpose okay. behind like what I was doing. I wanted to, I wanted to grow my, my skills and my influence. And, you know, I, I knew pretty much everybody at the company cause I'd set their computer up and, um, that's a very intimate stuff. relationship you have in yeah. those environments. Yeah, no, you get to learn and, uh, how people are. And, um, and so I, I kind of took that and, uh, you know, I took the raise for a little bit and went back and, and did my job for a few months. And then I was quite, I was kind of like at a point where I was like, you know, this isn't, this isn't just awesome still. Like I'm, I'm making more money, but not, you know, not, uh, not feeling like I'm doing what I need to be doing. Um, so then I decided to really quit. <laughs> uh, waited for my boss to be on vacation. <laughs> <laughs> you went put around it. Notice, I got it. Yeah, yeah. Put in my notice, uh, two weeks and he'd be back in two weeks. So, um, so that's how I, I finally got it done. Um, and yeah, I just took the leap and started building my company. Um, well, I you went right from there and transitioned to, yeah. I'm going to do my own thing. Did you have a pretty clear vision or it was just, I need to do something more? I knew, I knew small businesses needed IT. Okay. Uh, I knew there was a bit of an industry. Uh, I didn't definitely didn't have it locked down like we do today. Um, like just that focus on what we do. Um, but you know, I, and then I also, I'm a big planner, right? So, you know, from the first time I tried to quit until then I'd been thinking like, well, what's my options? Like what, you know, putting a plan together, putting the word out there, getting some ideas. And so then I'd finally gotten somebody like, Hey, you know, yeah, you can help us. Like, please come help us. And so then I was like, all right, well, I need to go do this. And so I did. And that's the 26. Yeah. That's awesome. So curious, uh, entrepreneurial background in your family, parents, uncles, aunts, like, cause it's a big jump for a lot of people and it's incredibly scary and you made it sound very like, yeah, it just happened. And then I, then I was there. <laughs> so any, anything that led up to that or kind of set you up to go down that path? Um, my grandfather was an entrepreneur, um, okay. but I don't think that really had a big influence on me. Mm-hmm. Uh, my, my pa- dad, parents know they were, they were kind of just, you know, normal jobs, uh, yeah, okay. career, career jobs. Um, but maybe I'll rewind a bit. So in 2007, I was in a pretty bad car accident. Oh, okay. Um, 
like really bad. I uh, broke my knee, fractured my jaw in three places. Ouch. Um, so that actually really, I think that's actually why I started my company. Interesting. Eventually, that's kind of the driver behind it. So um, at that time, I was just going, I was like halfway through university. Um, yeah, you're pretty young back then. Yeah. Oh, six, oh, yeah, I was 21, I think. Okay. So, so that was sort of a catalyst to, uh, you know, this horrible car accident, could have died, um, you know, do all the physio, all the rehab, get back to as good as I can um, back in university after that. And it kind of just changes your perspective, right? Life is, well, sh- like life a, is short. A birth or death or a tragedy, the three, th- three things that can change your in view of the world. Yeah. yeah How long were you, were you in the hospital for quite a period? Did you have a lot of that time to like sit and assess or lie and assess? Yeah, funny enough, I was in the hospital for five days. Okay. Uh, which just seems pretty short, but you know, you don't want to be in there. <laughs> More than, yes. yes. I um, recently had a friend in the hospital. I went to visit him. I'm like, I will do everything in my power to avoid ever coming back to this yeah. environment. Yeah, you just want to get out and, you know, if you can manage at home and have home care come and take care of your, whatever you need. Did you, you, but your family's from here. You grew up here. Yeah. So fortunately, you had a good support network around you at that time. Yeah, so, you know, move back and back home to get taken care of for yeah i thought that might be in year. that story yeah. okay so so that was good um and then you know once i was kind of back to normal uh moved back out and went to school and um and yeah it's just it's one of those things that like people ask me they're like you know if you could go back and just erase that accident would you and it's a quick no i don't really even have to think about it because it's exactly why i am who i am today yeah um, that's powerful it's so easy to look at something I've talked to so many people that were either uh, recently just had a friend who survived cancer and he's like yes it was terrible but he goes the perspective I have now and like I, you know and I, people say you know, everything happens for a reason I'm like eh. the reason is what we make of it and yeah. sounds like you made it obviously had an impact on you that now you, like I love you you say no like right away yeah no it's 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 really one of those things and I mean you can't buy that opportunity right And and I mean you wouldn't sign up for it if you could um, but it's, it's just one of those things that it creates, um, a perspective in you. Um, you know, I've, I've never met a, a, a successful person with an easy past, right? They, yes. we all, which is really the things. whole reason for this show is like, what is, what is the path? Yeah. So what was the before and after in terms of your thought process? Or I guess what became clear to you or, you know, so it changed your, per- your perception. What were kind of those, some of those key nuggets? So you, if you unpack it a little bit. Yeah. So maybe back to the accident a bit. Um, it wasn't an accident, uh, per se. It wasn't my fault. The other people were street racing in the middle of the afternoon. Okay. So that brought a different dynamic in and I, I kind of felt victimized. Yeah, totally. Like There's a the weird beginning. blame cycle. That yeah. Blame. Yeah. Like what if they, like there was witnesses, there was actually a police officer doing uh, photo radar and watched it happen. Um, so he actually charged the guy because of all this. Uh, he, and you know, the whole thing you're going through the court process and it's like, well, what if he gets away with it? Like that's unfair. Well, right. you know, I've learned that life's not fair. <laughs> oh, so you had so many more layers than you just, yeah. you had this life altering injury, Yeah. but yet there was like blame and victim and all of the different psychological journeys that that would have taken you on. Yeah. And, and you're 21, you're very, you know, emotionally immature. Absolutely. Right? So you're, you're like, well, what if he gets away with it? That's not fair. My life has changed forever. Little did I know in a good way. 
Right. Um, we kind of, I, I was, I was, I had a speaker the other day at tech we were talking about earlier. He talked about the, the drama triangle, the victim to the persecutor to the rescuer. Yeah. So in that situation, you went from the victim to the person, like you would have moved around that triangle pretty quickly, probably mentally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, um, I went to psychologist during the whole thing and you know, it, uh, there was, I don't know, countless sessions and just kind of working through things. Um, and, I can actually pinpoint the one day where she asked me, she's like, well, what if he does get away with it? How does that affect you? And, and my answer was like, well, doesn't really. Like if he goes to jail or gets house arrest or, or anything, none of it changes me. Right. Right. That's a huge, at 21, that's a huge insight. <laughs> so I like, I was like, wow, that's like, it's powerful. Right. So <clears throat> kind of after that point, um, you know, I just accepted that. Like, you got to accept what is. That is what it is, right? Um, you know, and then he actually apologized to me off the oh, record. That's and, powerful. You know, so it like was... called you up or face-to-face? No, face-to-face. He requested, like, an off-the-record apology. And just said, and my, my response was, you know, I hope you learned and I hope it makes your life better. Right. So... It's funny, so, such a simple gesture, but it just, I felt that like to, you know, and it could be contrived and it could be just done for some, for, for, for the other reasons, but I'd like to believe that that was done intentionally because we all have made mistakes. Yeah. Yeah. He didn't have to, nobody prompted him to do that. Like that was sort of his gift to me to say like, you know, I didn't mean to do that. You know, I was stupid and I apologize. Right. Did that have an impact as much or even just, it was a combination of that and your own journey of just... I, kudos to you and I take anyone who works with an outside coach I'm a big advocate of that because sometimes navigating our own thought processes it's not easy <laughs> no <laughs> we're, we're a tricky bunch <laughs> yeah well and sometimes you like it's obvious what the answer is like but you don't want to see it yes right so you just need somebody to be like what does that change for you and you know the answer is nothing and you just need to be like okay well Thanks for calling me out on my BS. Right. Yes. <laughs> right. And pointing out my, you know, I'm I'm trying to create something so I feel better. Yes. Right. We're so good at the way we retell the stories and retell different versions of the own story. The powerful thing in all this is that it's all a choice. Yeah. You can choose how you feel. I remember when I was younger, probably in my early 20s, and I was like, well, this happened to me, so therefore I feel this way. And then all of a sudden, I've been doing a bunch of reading, and all of a sudden I'm like, well, this happened, but I can choose how I feel. And it was just like this mind blowing. I don't remember when the pinnacle was, but I remember when I changed that to, I have the choice. And that whole concept was mind blowing at the time. Yeah. So fast forward to deciding your own, your own business. Where's the tie? Like, how do you, I could, I could paraphrase a few ways I could see it, but what's for you? What was the big pinnacle that made that transition yeah. maybe easier or more obvious? Yeah. It made it a lot easier because kind of my whole motto at the time was life is short, still is. You know, um, and I, it, I just had a feeling. I was like, you know, I, I need to do this. I, you know, it's something I, I that's pulling me. It's, you know, so if I don't do it, I'll regret it later. Um, you kind of get into that that mindset where you're like, well, if if you have if you want to do something or you want to follow a passion, like there's really no time for excuses, right? Because um, the opposite is, you know. You could be gone tomorrow, right? Yeah, the life so. is precious concept is very real when you go through a situation like that. Yeah. Yeah, and it's funny. Like, over time, um, so we're almost 13 years away from the accident now. Um, that really hasn't, like, gotten 
desensitized or anything. You know? Oh, interesting. It's still a big driver in terms it's, of core purpose for you. Yeah, like, and just like if I get an idea or, or you know, hey, I want to go do that or go visit that place or see that person, um, it's not really a, a when, it's a how, and, you know, just get it done, right? So Interesting. So such a, it must be living a very different life than you were before. Not that it wasn't good before, but with yeah. that filter of like, okay, we're just gonna we're just gonna do that and remove the stories and the reasons and well, it's gonna be blunt. The excuses we create for we create for ourselves. Yeah. Well, and I think just like we operate by default without having an accident or something to open our eyes. We operate uh, as if we have all the time in the world. You know, oh, I can I can do that once I get a promotion or I can do that once I retire or mm-hmm. you know, all these like you know you're planning your future but you're not doing anything right now. So that's so powerful. Like, you know, life is what happens when you're making plans for to do that thing. And that <laughs> yeah. whole binary. Well, when this happens, then I'll be happy. Yeah. Once I get this salary, I'll be happy. Yeah. Oh man, no, no, <laughs> it doesn't work that way. No. It's funny. My good buddy of mine I referenced earlier used to own Grey Contact. Grey. Yeah. He. I don't know if he still has it because I've been. I've got lunch with him a couple of weeks, but he has a countdown. He put in all of his health, and this is what I do, and these are all my lifestyle choices, and this is how many days I have left. So live every day to the max, and it's yeah. on the it's on the home screen of his phone. Cool. And be like, oh, that's kind of morbid. He's like, no, it's the opposite, actually. It's yep. to ensure that I live every day and you know be grateful and kind of yep. his philosophy. But it's funny how the effect I see it have on people. Like, mm-hmm. oh, why would you do that? It's so negative. He's like, well, no, it's not negative at all. No, it's on purpose. Yeah. yeah. So I deliberately, you know, harvest every moment out of, out of every day. Yeah. You mentioned that uh, you worked with a psychologist uh, through that. Do you have a coach? Do you have somebody that you work with as a mentor in terms of being a business leader? Because I know yeah. sometimes that can be a lonely can be a lonely path, depending. Yeah. So I have a few things. I have a. a a personal one-on-one business coach uh, named Vince Fowler. Okay. Great guy in Calgary. Um, I think he's reached out to me on LinkedIn, actually, yeah. of course. Yeah, he's a, ve- he's a veteran, so he's got a, all the army experience to... Oh, know. interesting. I've had some coaches. I had two Air Force colonels that were yeah. both coaches of mine. And it's an interesting world when you peel back maybe the Hollywood layer that it gets put on the yep. military. But anyway, sorry. Yeah. So, sidebar, sidebar. Yeah, so I, I work with him. I've been working with him for a few years. And uh, then I'm also part of EO, so another peer group, um, which has been great, too. Excellent. You said five years you've been in EO? I've been in EO for five years, yeah. And you've been, for anyone who doesn't know EO or tech or some of those groups, you have a group, uh, kind of almost an advisory, or how many people in your group? Uh, we are currently five. Um, okay, so you guys are pretty small. We've been up to like eight. There's a few, you know, business changes, um, acquisitions, sale, you know, that stuff changes the group. But yeah, we're, we're a pretty strong core group. That's awesome. Always looking to find... Uh, in five years, clearly that's added a lot of value. Yeah. Yeah, you know, you look at your, your expenses and you're like, well, was that worth it all year? And you're like, yes. Yeah, every year it's a yes. So Yeah, I've been involved in that as well. And if I track back, one year I, I did like, okay, revenue just through people I met or it, like it paid for itself in spades and that's not even counting about the the ability to, I find, I meet a lot of leaders and they're like, oh, I just don't have anybody to bounce stuff off of. And I think that's hugely valuable, getting it out and yeah. maybe getting we, we getting away from your own story and getting someone else's perspective that you trust about your, the story that you're telling. Well, and you share your own perspective and all the things you know, and it's amazing when you share that how much you learn at the same time. Like, you yes, hundred percent. That whole when you teach, you learn. It's a very, it's a, the psychology of that is is, yeah. is amazing and in a trusted group. So you work with coaches. You've got people around you. So when you started the business, you're 18 now. Cause it's awesome. Over eight years. How was the growth? Did you hire a couple people right away? And because Doing it you, bringing it on a team is a very different dynamic. Yeah, for sure. I think we waited, or I waited probably about a year and a half before I hired somebody. Okay. Um, you know, just to get comfortable 
you know, make sure things are working right. And then, um, I think I hired two people in the, in a, in the matter of a couple months and, um, you know, that's, it's just been sort of evolving since then. Right. Um, you kind of get to the, I mean, there's a bunch of financial milestones, right. And, you know, you can pay your own salary, uh, and then you have some free cash and then, and, you know, you hire somebody and, you know, you're worried if your profit will go down too much and won't make up for it. And then you realize that's, you know, if, if things are going well, then that's probably not going to happen. And you get comfortable and you're like, okay, well, you know, I kind of know what I'm doing now. This is working. Uh, things are going in the right direction. And, uh, and then, yeah, you just get to, you get to a point also, um, eventually where you're like, okay, well, I'm paying myself a salary. Um, you know, net profit is good. Uh, so any future net profit, I want to reinvest in growth and put back into the team, you know, take advantage of the opportunities that are in front of us. Right. So, um, I'd say we're probably at that point right now and we're just, uh, you know, and you said you had a couple of hires on deck or you're, that, yeah. you're, that you're planning for. Yeah. Looking to, looking to plan to hire some more people. Um, so yeah, it's, it's good. Um, but it's also, you know, you want to make sure you people feel safe. So you want to plan for that sort of thing yes. too. Um, especially in a service-based business because the ebb and flow and clients can come and clients, clients can go. It's, yep. it's the reality because they're, you're working with companies very intimately and they go through their own challenges. For sure. Yeah. And they affect us and you know, yes. you almost become like part of their company, right? That's especially if you're, if you're like a really good trusted advisor. Yes. And that's if you're doing it right, it. you get part, you yeah. become part of their company yeah. versus being a service provider. Something you mentioned earlier about culture and how you are so much more clear on who you are now eight years later. What was that process like for you? Was it iterative? Did you have a pretty clear idea? And then it, it got feedback. Obviously, you bring people on board. They have ideas as well. But as the leader, how's that process been for you? Or any tricks or tricks, yeah. strategies? Tricks diminishes it. Strategies you've used to build that culture deliberately over the last eight years? Yeah, I guess when I started... Um, my focus on the culture was, you know, I wanted to build a company that I wanted to work at. Right. And I figured that'd be pretty cool. Cause if I enjoy it, then, you know, most people should as well. Right. And if they don't, then they don't fit. Um, so that's kind of been the focus, but when you hire people, it's really, it's tricky cause they will either add detract to the culture, right? Like you don't want to add people that fit the culture. You want to add people that add to the culture because hmm. if they, fit, I like that philosophy, you know, if they match the culture, um, then they're not bringing anything new. So why bother? <laughs> I guess. Right. Um, no, it's a good <clears throat> thing because you hire for skills, you hire for this technical thing that you need done, yeah. but I like the perspective and I think it's, Sometimes it's too easy as a recruiter. I've been reading some a lot of articles about this. So like we're, we're so binary to hire who reflects us back. Yeah. But is that going to add or is that someone who's just going to say yes to you a lot? And is that really going to get you where you need to go as a leader? So do you use certain, do you use any kind of tools or filters to, to, to identify that, that they're going to add versus just be part of? Which yeah. Some argue would be, that could be a win. For sure. I think just through our hiring process, we've, you know, we do the formal, the interview, the technical tests, um, but then we also do like a community interview. Okay. So a few pe- a few people from the team, usually somebody who's been around a lot longer and somebody who's newer, they'll go for a beer with a new person. Nice. Um, you know, p- some people don't drink, which is fine. They'll go for uh, lunch or something. Um, so something super casual, um, and and they'll just get to know them. There's no like questions about. Oh, tell me about the last time you screwed up. Or it's just like get to know them. There's no formal questions. 
Um, and and really, it's just, do you, did you like them? Because if you like break down those barriers and they're like, okay, this isn't an interview, um, then you get to kind of sort of get a glimpse into the real person, right? Sometimes it's so easy to forget that it's still just a bunch of humans spending time together with a common goal to accomplish yep. a thing. But we can, we're going to put them through this psychology profile. And, you know, like you don't do that when you meet a new friend. You kind of spend a little <laughs> bit of time. You get to, you know, they don't say anything too weird or yeah. just weird enough. And you're like, oh, we should hang out again. And it feels sometimes more like dating than this technical. You're right. In your world, you need specific skills. Yeah. But beyond that, you know, a friend of mine, her favorite term lately is, are you, are you going to be part of the tribe? Yeah. Like if you don't have the tribe vibe, that's not wrong. It's just not our tribe. So that's cool. You should go hang out somewhere else. And it's so easy to almost over-process our way out of the fact that it's just a bunch of humans hanging out yeah. together. Well, and, and we do do like the disc profile. Um, okay, you guys use disc. And I actually find that's not for like me to know like, oh, you know, they're a D or S or C. It's more so everybody else knows how to communicate with them and how to work with them, right? Um, some roles, you know, are better suited to a detailed person, mm-hmm. obviously. Um, so we take that into factor, but that's about it. So, but it's more about like if somebody's like being blunt to you and they're not being a jerk, they're just a D. Yes. Right. Or, or maybe like there's, you know, you don't want those types of confusion feelings hurt because, you know, he was too short and that's just how he is or. <laughs> and it's so interesting to use those tools for, for a way of just understanding versus labeling. And I think yeah. that's the danger sometimes of like, or using as, well, I'm just a D. No, you're kind of being a dick. <laughs> you're kind of being a dick. Stands for a couple different things. Yes. Yeah. I've, uh, over, over the years. But that's the nice thing as you get older and you start to realize, even become aware of some of your own behaviors. Well, and it's just all about that EQ, right? The yes. emotional intelligence. And, and it's funny, like, um, Back again, people have emotional intelligence, whether or not it's a, a D or an A, right? Like, it depends what your grade is. But um, you know, tech people tend to tend to not have a, a great I was, grade. There's, I was curious because there is a bit of a, I would say, stereotype exists around that. Yeah. But yet, I meet you, and even you know, you came very highly. Everyone I know is like, gotta meet this guy. He's super personal. No one said he's not your typical IT guy. <laughs> but I will throw that out here bluntly, yeah. having chat with you for the last 20, 20 minutes. But even reading your website, you guys were very approachable. You were culture first. It seems that you've made a very deliberate effort, which to me also feels aligned with who you are. Just meeting for sure. Now. Yeah, no, I, I agree, and I think um, just the tech people uh, stereotype is changing, right? Because you know now it's cool to be in tech, and um, I think I think to be effective in what we do, you actually you have to build a relationship with somebody, right? You have to like get their trust. Because if they don't trust you, they're not gonna like follow. Like, did you reboot it? You know, right? It's, yes. And it's, every time it fixes it, but <laughs> people always complain. Well, oh, that's a good answer. Like, you know, I could try that myself. <laughs> well, go try it, and then they do, and it fixes it, right? So, but it's just building that trust because you know the the devices we have, they're very personal. Yes, right. The laptop, phone, like you know, it's it's like a part of you, right? So people get really emotional when something goes wrong. And I, I say part of our job, sometimes we're, we're part psychologists, right? It's so it's, 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 it's okay. These, these, these attachments we have with these inanimate objects that, yeah. that are full of, so funny. I always came downstairs the other day, my wife and, who I couldn't have a better relationship with was using my laptop. And I was like, oh, it feels kind of weird. I don't yeah. know why. And, I'm like, why am I? and then I'm more I'm like, why am I reacting like this? This is so weird. I'm like, yeah. knock yourself out. It doesn't even matter. But yeah, there was a weird moment of I'm like, oh, don't touch my stuff. I feel like a little kid yeah. in kindergarten. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Laughed at myself. I kept it to myself. I've been yeah. married for a long time. I know enough. 
enough to keep my mouth shut. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, that, that, that's a big part of the job. I'd say that's probably at least half of the skill you need to be like super effective. Um, Interesting. Because the other half, you can just Google, right? If you don't know how to fix something, you can figure it out pretty quick. Um, how resourceful. When you think of my, my IT team or my IT company or that, the IT guy, uh, personality and how warm they are and how easy they like, those are all the things that would make me want to deal with them. Yeah. But it's, not the, it's certainly not the things I would put in the profile first. No. I would try to go technical skills, but then I'd have to Google what those technical skills are to fill out the form. <laughs> yeah. The human side, if I just think about it for five minutes, I could fill that out. Yeah, and in every other industry, like people hire for culture. They hire for the person's uh, likability, and they can teach them what they need to know. It's the same for IT, but people assume it's backwards. So interesting. Yeah, right? it's, it's so true. And I think about the stereotypes and even talking to friends of mine in this space, they're like, ah, if, you know, if more women would get into the industry, I would hire more of them, but we got a whole bunch of guys because yeah. that's it. And I'm assuming that's changing as well because I know for more sure. and more women that are getting into it and there's not a barrier anymore. It's, it's about who you are and what you're interested in, not what your gender is. But yeah. 20, no, I mean, 20 years ago, it felt like it was a very male dominated, 10 years ago, dominated industry. Yeah, it, it still is. We have two women out of 18. Okay. So, we're, but we're, we're trying. We've, we've had a few summer student ladies like, you know, and the funny thing is they put the resume in, I'll guarantee look at it. Right. Oh, that's interesting. Right. <laughs> right. It's, uh, you know, it's almost like easier for them to, to get to the top of the pile. Anyways, stand out. Right. Are you um, seeing, are you seeing a trend? Are more women getting involved in, in the profession? Yeah, I think they are. Um, you know, once they realize like, Hey, there's actually like cool stuff I can do. You know, I could be a data scientist. I can, you know, I can change the world with, an application I can create or, you know, those types of things. I think that, that kind of maybe piques their interest a bit more than, you know, just being a nerd fixing errors on people's computers. Okay. Right. Uh, which I get, I, I don't want to do that anymore either. Right. Of course. So every, every career has its, has its evolution for sure. Is there not to go down too far down this road, but is there barriers to women in the industry? Is it, is it an old boys scene or it just maybe depends where you are? I don't know. That's a random question. I'm just curious. Yeah. I think it depends where you are. I don't, uh, I haven't seen it myself. I haven't okay. been anywhere that I've seen it. Um, I think it's just, it's really that nerd culture almost. Right. I was going to ask if you still, if the word, yeah. if you guys still get referred to, if like that nerd name is still yeah. floating around. But I mean, if you look at, you know, <laughs> pop culture, movies and stuff, um, more women are getting into that stuff. Right. So they're, you know, sort of adopting the nerd culture and then becoming a nerd. Like, Interesting. As you, as you say, with a degree of pride. Right. right. So it's, uh, so I think that's part of it too, is just feeling welcome. Right. Um, and it's funny, like technology is very cultural. Interesting. Well, because it's so integrated into our lives. Yeah. More, more. And it's, like, I only see it going more that way. Even the culture of PC versus Mac, right? Like there's that whole culture. There's Android, iPhone, like, you know, it's, it's interesting, like just the other dynamics around how we self-identify. Yeah. I'm a Mac user and I'm yeah. proud of it. Why? Why? <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a computer. It doesn't matter. Exactly. But working in a creative environment, you know, I was a PC guy when I got involved in Clearmotive, but very quickly I realized I was the odd man out and I'm like, yeah. mm. and that once you go Mac, you never go back as they say. And I've, you know, I've been a yeah. Mac user ever since, but it's funny. I do self-identify for some weird reason for, yeah. with a piece of technology <laughs> that yeah, I pay I'm, for. <laughs> I'm a Mac guy too. And it's, I feel like I know something other people that are PC guys don't. That's so funny. PC, you know. Do you guys work with both? Is, is, is it still predominantly PC in uh, enterprise environments? Yeah, it, it definitely is. Um, I think cost is a big driver. Okay. Because um, we'll see a company of 50 people and, 
you know, the, the top three CEOs all have a Mac and everyone else has a PC. <laughs> Interesting. Right. Really just because the co- well, they're expensive laptops for, you know, yeah. pieces of hard, but they also, I, I believe, last longer, for sure. which gives me more value, but that's been my experience. I yeah. still, they still think I have my 2010 or 2011 MacBook Air. It's where it lives at home now on the, on the Kishon, but I wiped it out, started fresh, and it works fine. Where my, my old PC laptops, maybe two years, I would get out of them many years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like we, I'll buy a, I'll buy a $3,000 MacBook Pro and, Four years later, sell it for a thousand bucks. Yeah, so that yeah, versus your PC, it's not. Can't but just sell but, it for five dollars. <laughs> yeah, literally. <laughs> Donate it. So for you guys, are you are you fully integrated across? Do you have any barriers? Do you work with Mac PC? It doesn't matter. Yeah, so all my techs have a Mac. Okay. Um, they get one when they join us. Uh, so then, if they weren't a Mac person, two weeks later they will be. Okay. Uh, and then they know it, because what I don't want is my the CEO at my client to call in and say my Mac isn't working. And get somebody who kind of knows Mac, right? But you can tell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Now, that's interesting you say that the top, the leadership team will have it, but yeah, necessarily the rest of the team yeah. have have PCs. I've yeah. I've seen that before, and the, I'm like, aren't you guys a Mac? Aren't you guys a PC office? And like, yeah, but my my IT team is kind of annoying <laughs> me, but I really want to have this device because because yeah. they, they yeah, it's almost you know I don't want to diminish it, but a bit of a fashion accessory <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing too is like people with a Mac, you know, they they fight their IT team. They're like, you know, they literally have to like say, no, I'm the I'm your boss. I'm getting a Mac, right? Because like traditional IT people, are like, no, you know, we we don't support them or tools don't work on them. But right. I mean, which is totally false nowadays. It used to be true, but um, yeah, I'm assuming the last few years that's changed significantly. Yeah. Like even five or six years ago, For we sure. didn't go with a certain company because they came in and went, oh, you guys are Mac, we're out. Yeah, like they didn't even. When I talked to the CEO, he's like. They said what to you, but anyway, that was another, that was that was another story. So yeah. we ended up we ended up with another another provider. Yeah, culture seems like in reading your website, talking with you, and again, people that I know that know you shared so much about kind of who you guys are. And when people described your company to me, they didn't describe you as a bunch like an IT guys. It's like it's this great company; they have an amazing culture. How deliberate have you been around culture, and what have been some of your kind of challenges around building that? Um, <clears throat> we've been really deliberate. I think. Um, once we kind of realized we needed to be, you know, you get to that eight or 10 person size and you're like, okay, hey, well, we need to make sure we're doing the right things um, and making them scalable and, and whatnot. And, and back to just the, just the driving force. Like I want it to be a company I would want to work at. Right. I um, like that as the main, the main anchor. Like that's the, that's the big anchor. And it's, um, you know, it gets, it's a lot of fun, like work hard, play hard. Like, a lot of the work that our techs do is in the evenings. So sure, if they come in at 10, fine. They were up till 11 or 11.30, right? Right, because like, you guys are working when everyone else is technically not working yeah. or when you've got some yeah. got some runway. Exactly. So it's kind of, it's almost like I look at the culture as a necessity because um, if we had a nine to five, you know, stuffy office culture, you know, we go for one holiday lunch a year and you know, that's it. Um, <laughs> not what you had in mind? Not, not what you had in mind when you, no. pur- when you purpose built your company? No, I probably wouldn't be there. <laughs> so um, that'd be t- that's, a, that's a bad day when you have to resign from your own company because it's yeah. no longer the place you want to work. You know, yeah. something took a left turn. Something went wrong. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, And I, I just find the other thing too is back to relationships is when you're, when you're having fun, you actually get to that place where, you know, you enjoy being around your coworkers and you can you know, share what your goals are and your dreams. And 
you know, that's stuff that doesn't happen normally in a workplace. But if you, if you take it beyond like, Hey, yeah, we're, we work together, but we are also friends. Well, back to a bunch of humans hanging out together. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's very simple, right? And people just put up these guards and these walls to, to protect themselves. Right. You know, if that person does something wrong, I don't want it to come back on me. Oh, the ass, co- the, ass, the ass covering culture, Yeah, which I've run into. The larger the organization, I find the more I've, I've certainly ran into that of like that fear to make a decision. And if I make the decision, I need to know that I can either scapegoat you. Yeah. And for smaller companies, you get a little bit more. Again, I don't want to big or small. It's culture. But I definitely notice larger organizations, some of our enterprise clients, that culture is much more prevalent than we're in it together. Let's, let's champion each other. We'll take risks, but I got your back. Yeah. I, I've found that it can, can dissolve a little bit as the company gets larger. I mean, back to what I was saying about like our clients, like it's all about trust for them. As soon if we, if we lose trust from a client, it's a matter of time. Really, yeah. to go shop, right? Yeah, the base of the pyramid is always trust them, right? We've we've actually come into clients that, you know, you can tell they haven't spent money. The old IT providers like, well, good luck getting them to buy anything new, upgrade that that they need to, and you walk in and a week later they approve a hundred thousand dollars of expense because they're like, we trust these guys. Yes. Right. So <laughs> that's such a good lesson. And sometimes I find like even in a, as a marketing company, we'll get brought in and I don't even blame the company that was there before. It's just the dynamic of the relationship got there Yeah. and nobody got there intentionally. Nobody, there's no trust. There's like, the, you know, we want our, our company to give us something different. Well, geez, we give them my new ideas and they always say no. So eventually you just, <laughs> yeah. you get into your groove and it flattens out and the relationship goes stale yeah. basically. Yeah. There's something that happens. You lose that trust and then it's done. And the same happens internally. Like if you don't have the trust between your staff, then you get into that blame culture. Um, you know, I, I had an employee come and be like, Hey, you know, I, I got to go buy this thing. It's, I'm like, how much is it? He's like 220 bucks. I'm like, why are you, why are you even here? Yeah, go by. <laughs> but that sends a powerful message when yeah. you do that. When you, when you have that kind of trust with your team, you said earlier, we hire adults and we treat them, treat them accordingly. Yeah. Yeah. So for you, do you spend a lot of time? Do you reach out to your clients? Because as you get, you know, eighteen staff, you've probably got clients where you're not the main point of contact anymore. Yeah. Do you deliberately reach out? Do you guys have a system in place where you're getting that customer feedback? Yeah. So we have uh, account managers, very similar to like an agency model. Okay. Yeah. Um, they're, they're fairly technical, so you're not getting somebody who, you know can't answer any questions. They're not um, quote unquote a salesperson, account no. manager. They're actually technically oriented. Correct. Yeah. And then we also have a director of client experience. So okay. I saw that on your um, website. Yeah. Every Every ticket that we solve, every problem we deal with, um, gets like a, hey, how do we do out of five stars? And, you know, or no, it's one to 10. And so if we get anything below a nine, um, you, you know, we'll, we'll call them and be like, hey, you know, like how, how would we awesome. make below that a nine? A you guys hold the bar high. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, because it's like, how do we get that to a 10? Uh, and if it's something minor, why, we'll why wouldn't it. we? Yeah. Right. So. It's, There's nothing more powerful than when a client gives you feedback and you're like, no problem, it's done. We'll yeah. take care of that. I apologize. Finished. It's funny. We have I, one, I love doing that. <laughs> yeah. We had one client, uh, they hit a nine and they, and they, it lets you put comments in and they put the comment was like, it was, it didn't even make sense. It's just like, oh, you know, just cause nobody deserves, nobody's worth like, I don't give tens basically is what yeah, they that said. Old th- yeah. And so we called them. <laughs> We're like, well, if you don't give tens, how are we going to like, you know, wow you right like do we have to deliver donuts with every ticket we close for you um so just and they they were so the next ticket they they're like they put a 10 and it's like just so you won't call me (laughs) 
That's a, but again, amazing. You created that connection. Yeah. You created a touch point. And we laugh about it. Right? A- absolutely. Yeah. And they're like, they get off the phone and like, oh, that was the IT company. They were upset because I gave them a nine. Even yeah. though I'm the guy who never gives tens. But the exactly. power of that and those little moments of time, those little touch bases, those little moments of, you know, yeah. makes you smile. Sure. You're smiling as you're, tell- as you're telling the story. Yeah, it's funny. So, And but, so it's so important to do that. And it's easy to get busy and like that stuff can fall off. It's well, and the simple. other thing too is if you have a really solid relationship with your clients, like you were saying, uh, you can mess up. Things can go wrong. Things, it, things do happen. And in technology, things will go wrong. It doesn't matter who you are, how good of an IT company you are, how good of a customer you are. Things are going to break. Something's going to fail. Something's going to blow up. You know, Some hacker's going to get in. And it's nobody's fault. Right. Right. Uh, but when you have that trust, it's like, okay, let's get it, let's get it fixed. We trust you. Let us know what you need when you're back up. We're good to go. Just curious, do you have those conversations early on with your clients of like, hey guys, we're going to do our best and something's still going to happen. So that when it does happen, we don't spend all this energy, we, the proverbial we, spend all this time looking for someone to blame. Because I still think we do have an underpinning of a blame culture. Yeah. Like, well, who can I, who can I hold up on, on this one? For sure. And, and hold them to the fire when it sometimes is just the nature of the situation. Yeah, we, we have those conversations sort of in a... In we, well, we always talk about being proactive, right? So we're being a, as proactive as we can, you know, given other constraints, budget, um, you know, third, you know, things going on in the world, hackers, you know, new exploits, all that sort of stuff. Um, but we do also have like a really solid standards list. So if, if you bring, if we bring you on as a client, you automatically get a whole bunch of standards. So we've already put in place that we know will avoid a lot of issues. Okay. They won't avoid all the issues, but they'll also put something like, you know, backup is great, right? If if you get hacked, as long as your backups are awesome, you're good, right? You might lose an hour or two of of work that you did, right? An inconvenience, not a disaster. Exactly, right? So, and for most businesses, that's totally acceptable. <clears throat> you know, they're not banks, they're not hospitals, right? right. Yes. So it's uh, so that's kind of our method of just managing that risk for our clients and also internally, right? We don't want fires. If a, if some fire comes up and something's down or broken, it causes us anxiety and of course and work and, you know, to get them back up and running. Arguably so. the best relationship with your IT companies, if you only have to hear from them when you want to, not, well, not calling yeah. them when things are going wrong, right? You guys are almost the invisible helping yeah. hand in the background. Ideally. Yeah. There's a comic I, I always reference. It says, you know, uh, everything's broken. What are we paying you for? And then the next pain is nothing's broken. Why are we paying you? <laughs> Everything works. <laughs> you guys are either in triage or you're, or, or you seem like an expense. That's so yeah. funny. Yes. A lot of people allocate our fees to how many tickets they're putting in, which is, it should be the reverse. It should be our fees should be higher. The less tickets you have to put in. Right. <laughs> It's so funny how we have like, but again, depending on what your business is, if you deal with itemization and you yeah. look at things like on one offs or, you know, cost per unit. Yeah. It's so funny. I learned that years ago. You look at your business, you're like, why are they grinding us this way? We're like, well, but that's how they run their business. And so often that's the filter they use for the rest, for the rest of the world. Yeah. Because what you said makes perfect sense, but it sometimes feel irrational if I'm into counting my, my beans. If yeah. Like my beans cost this much and I've only got this many beans. Yeah. Oh, that's so interesting because it's a bit of an abstract world that you work in until the second that it's not. Mm-hmm. Well, and I tell people, I said, you know, if, if, if you don't see the value, I'm always open to have a conversation about what we are doing in the background. 
and what we're doing to keep you safe and not having these issues, right? Um, but, you know, like the worst case I would see is you leave and you go to somebody you pay, like, you know, by the hour. Right. And you're going to be back where you were before we came on. <laughs> you know, you're going to be right back into everyone's having issues and nobody's getting work done. Which is so I'm assuming a lot of your role is also educating your clients so they understand so they understand yeah. what you understand. If you well, leave it in a black box, they'll come up with their own idea of what that's in that black box. Yeah, just yeah, educating, um, involving them in like the planning process because uh, if you don't have a strategy for your IT and your technology and how it's going to affect and integrate with your business, um, then you probably need one. <laughs> I might argue and. <laughs> Like, and that's the big piece, right? That's where the value is. It's not putting little fires out, making sure printers work. It's having a holistic view about how you can actually use technology to make your business better, right? And and a lot of companies makes sense when you say it like when you say it aloud. You're like, well, why wouldn't I do that? Yeah, and a lot of companies don't even think of it, right? Because they think, well, my computers work. People can log in. They can get their email. But there's so much more now. Right. Right. There's so much more you can do. You can, I mean, you can take somebody doing an admin role and replace them with three applications and, you know, put them in a different role that actually gives them some purpose. Yes. <laughs> right. That's an interesting way to think of it also strategically from a, you know, and I think sometimes even for us, it's, I want to be on the, on the, on the, the growth side of the, of, of the P and I don't want to be on the cost side. Yeah. And if you're doing it as like, well, the lights are on, we haven't been hacked and you can get your email. That feels like a cost center. For sure. But all of a sudden it's like, well, strategically we're going to be able to better service our clients because we've now optimized this or freed up time for people. That is a different mindset, but as business owners, when we're always looking for a way to do it better, IT plays a huge role. Well, and even if you look at just um, consumers, they're buying devices, the technology, they're looking at them, right? Um, they're looking at their laptop. Is it the better technology? Uh, but then if you look at businesses, if they're looking at their vendors, when I look at a vendor, I look in and I see like, how am I interacting with you? And is it easy like technology interface or am I like having to send you a fax? Because if I'm sending you, so you've a fax, done some work in the medical world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, like, if I have to interact with you in something that causes me friction, I'll find another vendor that I can, you know, they have an app or something. Removing a f- removing friction because we've all been trained because of our devices that if if yeah. if it's not easy and fast, I, I'll you know I joke I joke someone I was doing a presentation with some leaders I said, who in here thinks Amazon's their competitor? No one put up their hand. I said, yeah, but think about that customer who just left Amazon for buying whatever they want to buy in 20 seconds or less and they go to your website and they can't find a phone number. Yeah. The experience that they provided is your competitor because now they're annoyed at you and you have nothing to do with Amazon. They're like, mm, grumble, grumble. <laughs> but it's interesting and I find, and you know, not just picking up in Calgary, but there is an old school kind of B2B mindset here that doesn't always look at the role that technology can play to kind of quote unquote make your customer's life better. For sure. Yeah. No, it's, and if you can make it easier, simple, cooler, you know, don't overlook cooler. I think, yeah. yes, you're absolutely right. We're always looking for a new shiny way to do it. So for yourself, what's, what's the future? If you've built up to 18, you've got a couple hires, you know, what, what's down the road for you? And also, how do you stay motivated? Because, you know, yeah. eight years, like, you're, it's, it's a real thing now. Yeah, I think staying motivated is just, um, my team provides that for me. I think nice. they're just, like, really, really being a part of the team and, and helping them grow and, you know, giving them the challenges and just watching them. It's kind of like being a parent. I don't have kids, so these are my children. 
So that, that really motivates me and gives me passion. And, um, and we have a big community focus, just giving back and finding opportunities to use our business to give back. That's awesome. I, re- I just read some of that on your website, yeah. and certainly, again, the, the reputation that preceded you was your your involvement in the community. I've heard mm-hmm. about that multiple times. So, yeah. so compliments. To you yeah, and that. it's super important to us. And uh, and then and yeah, just kind of what's next for TWT. Um, there's so many opportunities out there. Um, so really, whatever makes sense, uh, and kind of keeps following that. Uh, you know, I want it to be a company that I want to work at. Yes. Um, you know, I love your North Star. <laughs> retirement's not really in in my my uh, book, okay. so you know, even forty years down the road, so it's it's really just chasing you know those passions. Um, so I think in twenty twenty there's going to be some big things for uh, TWT Group and and you know, across Canada. Um, I think we'll 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 be able to spread what we're doing here. Uh, you know, a lot further. Next, I was going to ask, I know yeah. you're Calgary based right now. So obviously there's a lot of other opportunities across Canada. So you guys see yourselves yeah. expanding beyond the borders of Calgary. For sure. And, and just like things that make sense, right? We're not trying to force things like right. we're not going to, you know, some other city just cause we, you know, we feel we need to, or cause a client has an office there. You don't have a board breathing down your neck going, we need double digit growth. And you yeah. know, you're, you're doing what's right for you and what fits like for sure. to create a place that you want to work. And, and what's right for the team, right? I think, um, just creating opportunities for them is really my focus now. Um, and just building out, uh, the, the platform for them to thrive. Right. I think is uh, is really my focus for this year. Well, it certainly myths that we you know read a lot of the the research around what actually engages people, and you know everyone says money, but it's per- but it's really not. Like even your yeah. story, money it's the easy answer, but it's a sense of purpose, a sense of contribution, a sense of like that I'm always moving myself forward and I'm growing and I'm adding value. Yeah. Sounds like you guys it doesn't sound like there's a lot of ivory towers over it. So <laughs> yeah. No, it's and, and the focus is yeah. If the if the focus is on doing what you love, like there's really not a way that the money doesn't follow. I mean, money's just like, I, I look at money differently too. Cause it, it's one of those things that, yeah, everybody needs it, yes. but once you can pay your bills and you can survive, it just becomes one of those things. That's like, you know, if I, if I just follow what I love, people will attach to that and you know, whatever money follows, follows. Right. And I don't, I don't need phys- I don't need like material things. I like toys, but I don't need them. It's yes. not going to make me happier. So no, the key, well, if you're already happy, it can turn up the volume and you know, create little experiences, but you're right. Chasing that. And then, yeah. you know, back to this, once I have this, then I will have, once I have the toy, then I'll be happy. Yeah. No, 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 no. no. I'm happy. And I got the thing and I had fun with it. And <laughs> yeah. then I gave it back. Cause we live in a, we live in a share culture. So I don't even have to own the thing anymore. Yeah, exactly. Cause you know, I want the experience more than I, I've, I realized very, you know, I looked around I'm like, I've accumulated a bunch of things and I'm like, Hmm. This is not it. This is nope. not the formula. I just want to go do the adventure and give and give it back afterwards. Much yeah. more. So what? What's easy? So obviously you're hiring. So if someone wanted to get get in touch with you, is it you know go to your website? Is it reach out to you directly? What's the best way for people to either yeah. or maybe just want to also give you a call because you're an inspiring individual to chat with? Yeah, for sure. Our website obviously has uh, all our contact. Um, you can find me on LinkedIn. It's probably the best way to connect with me. So I think that's how you and I met. Was on yeah, LinkedIn. yeah, and you know, I'll, I'll definitely reply to your your message unless you're sending me a sales pitch the first message, then I'll just ignore you. It's like uh, going in for the kiss on the first date. It's like, come yeah. on, we haven't even met yet. You're, you're gonna, you get the arm reach around. <laughs> yeah, I I think I have. You know, your birthday comes around every year, right? And on LinkedIn, you know, it tells everyone it's your birthday, and then they use 
the default message. They do. I've got probably a dozen people that I'll get a happy birthday from, and I'll look at the history, and literally for like 10 years, it's happy, congrats, happy birthday. And it's the same message. And the, the question I ask is, why hasn't LinkedIn changed that? Change that default <laughs> so that they at so least... So at least it looks like there's something yeah. different. You're absolutely exactly. right. Exactly. I caught so. myself once. It was like someone had got a new job and I went to hit congratulations. I'm like, whoa, stop. If I'm not going to make this personal and not yeah. put any effort in, this is actually I would like borderline insulting. Yes. That's funny. Like, yes, I know exactly the canned one you get. I have a few, I have a few of those. But well, and the 10 best, years, you'd think someone would have given them that feedback by And now. the best part is like, I haven't responded. And so they would know, like if they're looking at their history, why are they wasting their time? So interesting. And you know there's an algorithm to somewhere is managing. What's, our, what's the result of this birthday message? Like, yeah. Anyway, that's funny. So, yeah. so what you're saying, if someone's going to reach out to you, take the time, make it yeah. personal, and actually connect. For sure. Again, just make it a human experience. Exactly. Sean, thanks for coming on, and I really appreciate the, appreciate the candor. It was a pleasure meeting you, and I enjoyed learning about your story. You too, Tyler. Thanks. Nice to meet you. Hello, and thank you for listening to today's episode. I'm your host, Tyler Chisholm. I want to let you in on a little secret. I absolutely love doing these podcasts. The learning, the people, the curiosity, the insights, the the wow factor of meeting people that I thought I knew and learning their deeper stories really proves the value of what happens when you take the time to be curious and actually care enough to ask. With that, I'm looking for your feedback. I'm looking for your input. I'm looking for what you like about the show, what you don't like about the show, where you'd like to see it headed in terms of guests, in terms of questions, a little bit deeper, please feel free to share. We'd love to get your feedback. Visit us on iTunes, on Spotify. Give us your review. Give us your five stars if you feel so inclined. But more importantly, give us your feedback. Give us your input on what you want to hear on future shows, and we will absolutely incorporate it. Thank you again for listening, and have an awesome day.